The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Intentional Spirit. And I just applaud all of you for your greatness and everything you do to show up fully awake and vibrant in the world. You know how it is every now and then when you find a book and it just changes your life forever? Uh, we don't hear about that very often, but certain books like The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz and, of course, our guest today, Bob Berg, who is the co-author of a book that is sweeping the countryside. It just made its 500,000th edition new copy. Uh, Bob Berg, you are awesome. I'm so glad you're on the planet, and I'm just thrilled that you're on the show today. Thank you for being here. Reverend Temple, I get to be with one of my favorite people in the world, and I am so grateful. And you mentioned one of my favorite books uh, by Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. I can't tell you how often I have referred that book and how often I read that book when I really need a refresher. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? I recently just did a Sunday talk uh, pertinent to holidays, Hanukkah, and, and Christmas, relevant to applying the four agreements to the season. Because uh, <laughs> it's a time when uh, people are heightened with their diets are way off, their schedules are way off, and, you know, all those kind of things. And I thought, what better than for us to focus on that practice, you know, and what a, hopefully it will make a difference or, or allow someone to be a little bit more aware than they would be otherwise. So, Absolutely. Um, anyway, that, that being said, your book is that way too, The Go-Giver. You know, you pick it up, you read it, it's like, ah, I've never read this before. But you know you have. Um, and because it has just that blend, it, it's it's coming from that, that open heart space. But before we get into uh, more details about that, how did you get started, Bob, doing what you're doing and, and developing the consciousness that you have, that you are just, you know, 
you're just that invigorating life force. And every time I've ever wow. spoken to you, you're like, wow, where is the gathering? I am here. I am alive. I'm ready to go. Where is it? Tell me. <laughs> and oh, I love you. that about you because, no, you don't meet people like that every day. We want to, but we don't. So how did you get started on this journey of um evolution of motivation of uh inspiration well i i began very lucky by being born to a couple of just wonderful wonderful people and who really just embodied uh everything that you would want your parents to be uh, in terms of how to really be people <laughs> and so so that was you know that was very fortunate um as as far as you know, career goes, I, I actually started out as a broadcaster. That was sort of my first love, and uh, did some some radio sports, and then I was on on television news. I was actually the the um, late night news guy for a very small ABC affiliate in the Midwest. Uh, the challenge was while I could read the news, uh, I really wasn't what you would call a journalist. <laughs> uh, I was about tw- I, was, I guess twenty four years old. It just turned twenty four. Um, uh, kind of fresh out of school and really didn't understand the news and didn't really care. <laughs> I guess at that time, I, I think I was probably a, a little too positive for the medium anyway. Just by my nature, my idea of a good newscast opening would have been something like "Good evening, everyone. I'm Bob Berg in the news tonight." Everything's great. <laughs> go to sleep. You know, go to bed. We'll let you know if something comes up. Uh, no, I, I probably wasn't that positive, but <laughs> but uh, I, I did find myself quickly not being in television and uh, graduated into sales, uh, which I enjoyed, but I, I didn't know anything about it at first, and so I was sort of floundering for a while and began to read books on it. And the the books I would read really helped me a lot, but what it really also showed me. Uh, well, it showed me a couple things. One is that you, you don't need to invent the wheel or reinvent it because it's probably already been done. So there's a lot of good people you can learn from. Uh, but it also told me that if I was going to uh, become more uh, effective in sales, I needed to really become a more effective human being. And that's when I got into, I mean, very formally got into uh, or would the word be informally, I guess, because it wasn't like I was in school doing so, but really became involved in personal development. I started reading all those books, and I bet your bookshelf and my bookshelf have a lot of the same books. I and, bet they do. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and and that's really what started happening. I began to grow as a as a human being, um, and you know, from there began to uh, really do well in sales and teach others how to do the same thing, and it sort of morphed into a... Uh, morphed into a speaking career that I've been doing, you know, I've been involved with now for well over 25 years, and it's been a lot of fun. And you've just impacted, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of lives. And one of the things that I that I feel or have experienced in my life, I mean, obviously, uh, we're similar in that way, in that I really got into self-development to develop my own self. And that, of course, is it's ongoing. But right. the discoveries that you make, the ones that really impact you, really take you from A to B uh, on this incredible journey we do call life, you want everybody to have that information. So yeah. you just yeah. find yourself either selling it, telling it, expressing it, modeling it, you know, in what 
in whatever way you can. Um, and but for me, um, being a student or being in, in, in a ministerial student or you know reading authors and you know all that kind of stuff, where I really felt the greater learning came was when I started teaching it. Because it was just like I was having a twofold experience, if you will, or, or two for the moment of one, actually. Because now I'm articulating something that really uh, pushed me to evaluate. Are these my values? Are these my beliefs? Do they resonate with me? And so to speak it, teach it. It's almost like I, I really learned it. Does that make sense? I, oh, you know, it, it, it just it makes so much sense. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because there's really, and I was thinking there's there's two levels. You actually brought it a level deeper because I've said, you know, I've always thought when you when you teach it, you you learn it also because uh, you know you're hearing it again, but also you have to have a, a greater understanding of it while you're teaching it, and and those are two levels. But what you also said takes it a step deeper, which is very important. You've got to continually, as you're teaching it and, and re-listening to it, uh, you've got to ask yourself, uh, am I acting congruently with these values that I'm espousing? And um, that's so important because that, that gives us that, that premise check in a sense. It's what grows us, doesn't it? I remember um, I was telling uh, a group of people not too long ago, back in 1991, when I, I I had a talk inside of me that I'd probably had since I was five or seven years old. Mm-hmm. And so I delivered the talk to the group of people. And I think there were like 67 people there. It was a brand new group I was starting. Um, and... I thought, oh my gosh, what have I done? I I told them everything I know. <laughs> I wish I had only given this just this little bit, so I'll have something else to talk about next week. But what I did uh, to transform myself and transcend my energy out of that attention and that tenseness that I would feel of, oh, now I've got to come up with another talk and it needs to be new and you know all of that. Um, I decided to be a speaking coach. (laughs) And so being a speaking coach then made being a speaker seem easier. It's quite an interesting journey. And I I set that up because I, I wanted to have you share because there are so many people that admire you out in the field and out in the world. And you're just uh, an incredible orator in front of the room. I've, I've seen you in front of audiences. And I wanted you to just take a moment and share. I mean, did you immediately go from news to standing in front of a room with thousands of people and, and just think, wow, this is easy? Did you have any development around that or, or space? Because people see someone like you and they just assume, unfortunately, people just assume that we didn't have to work or earn that believability about ourselves, right? Right. right. Um, you know, I had, I had been in, you know, that's such a great question. I had been in situations when I was, when I was younger where I did have to be in front of people at times. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm, I'm actually by nature an introvert, um, I, I seem to be able to get up in front of people and, and speak. However, 
I get nervous every time I speak, and to this day, whether I'm speaking in front of you know, 50 people or 15,000 people, I get those same butterflies in that same stomach <laughs> every single time. Now, once I get up there, I'm, I'm fine. But, but beforehand, I always have that kind of sick, nervous feeling. And, um, and I, you know, I, I worked hard at, at perfecting my, not perfecting, and it's not perfect, but, you know, in making my, my craft um, um, better. Uh, watched a lot of people. I, I practiced a real lot. I, I'm sure I've put on that ten, put in that ten thousand hours that Anders Ericsson talked about, that Malcolm Gladwell made famous in his book mm-hmm. Outliers. Uh, I also, uh, before I ever gave a professional speech, I think I spoke something like two hundred times for free. And I remember hearing uh, Zig Ziglar and Charlie Tremendous Jones saying they spoke thousands of times for free before they ever did their first one that was paid. So, um, so no, I don't think it's a I don't think it's something you just necessarily go up there and do, although there are probably some people who, who could do that. I think that's few and far between. I think for most of us, anytime we're going to get good at something, uh, you know, we, we start at the beginning, we take small steps, we, we, as I like to say, build on our small successes. Um, and then we also know we're going to have failures along the way. And that's just part of life. And, uh, you know, we all have successes. We all have failures. I guess the key is to learn from our failures and build on our small successes. And every time we do build on our small successes, we have a little bit more confidence uh, to be able to take that, that next step. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you for your your willingness to share that. I think that's another thing that people will find shocking is how many of us that are in public life are actually introverts mm-hmm. uh, naturally. Because <laughs> I, I join you in that in that club as well. Well, how did the birth of the book, the Go Giver, come about? Well, years earlier, I had I had written a book called Endless Referrals. And that was really, it was a how-to business book, business development book, if you will, on, on, on business networking, on creating relationships, leading to win-win relationships, which would help someone develop a, a referral-based business. Uh, and the, the basic premise was that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And the way you build those types of relationships is by focusing on ways to give value to others, and um, you know, and it, it, it's the book that I really spoke on for uh, most of my career at that at that point. But I'd always read uh, business parables and always enjoyed them. Uh, I think the first one I ever read was Ogmandino's Greatest Salesman in the World, and then there was James Classen's Richest Man in Babylon, and uh, in the early 80s, uh, Doctors Blanchard and Johnson came out with the one-minute series, one-minute manager, one-minute salesperson, one-minute apology, one-minute this, one-minute that. Uh, <laughs> right. And, and, you know, people like Robin Sharma uh, and just uh, so many. You just, you know, there's so many of them. I've got a whole, you know, a whole uh, bookcase full <laughs> of them. And, uh, but I always loved them. always loved reading them. You could read them on a plane or you could read them, while, you know, while you were just hanging out and, and get a great lesson from them and really enjoy them. And I, and I thought, uh, wouldn't it be cool if we could take the basic premise or basic lessons from Endless Referrals but put it in a short, easy-to-read a parable that people could take with them and and really get the information quickly and so forth. So I, I actually and I carry the idea around for uh, 
for a couple of years and wrote a little, you know, tiny bit of a synopsis on it and uh, very um, roughly put down some characters. But, you know, I began to, to sit down to actually write it. And it took me all of about a minute to realize that there's a really big difference between writing a how-to book and writing a, a, a parable. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not only that do, writing this parable would be outside my comfort zone. I can, I can certainly live with that. It's that it was outside what Dr. John Maxwell, the great leadership speaker, would say, outside my strength zone. And I really knew that writing this thing myself, it just was not going to, to serve. It was not going to be what it could be. So fortunately, uh, I had been writing for a, a magazine as a contributing writer, and John David Mann was the editor-in-chief. And yeah, every month I'd submit my articles. He'd write back, and, and, he'd, uh, and John was a brilliant guy. People in, in a particular niche that John worked in knew he was just a brilliant, brilliant writer. And, um, you know, he'd write, but he's, he's so very humble. And he'd always write back, uh, you know, he'd say, well, I made this change here, and I changed this. Is this okay? And the running joke was I'd write him back every month and say, John, not only is it okay, you write my stuff better than I write my stuff. And uh, I, I really knew he was the guy I wanted to be the, the, the lead writer and storyteller in this. I, I just knew it. I, I didn't have anyone else in mind. So I uh, called him, and I, I asked him if he would do this. And when I say asked, I mean pleaded. And uh, he, you know, fortunately, um, he decided to, uh, to collaborate on this with me. And so it was really a, a fantastic team. And uh, he was great to work with, and, and that's really how it how it came about. A plus twenty seven rejections from publishers, but you know, why bother with that? <laughs> well, that's an, another noteworthy thing, though, because um, you know, often uh, you get you do get turned down. Um, mm-hmm. My book, When Did You Die? Uh, a publisher said that the uh, the title would kill you. <laughs> 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 but fortunately, you have great publishers out there like Health Communications. And mm-hmm. just give a great shout out to one of our favorite people named Kim Weiss, right? Uh, yeah. Kim Weiss. Yeah. Adore Kim Weiss, absolutely. It's a great organization. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that, that being said, um, just having that tenacity to just accept those rejections and, and move on. All those years of sales prepared you for that, obviously. Did you know that the book was going to be um, so successful? I mean, was there some, obviously you didn't do it to say, I'm going to write a book, it's going to be successful, but was there something innately within you that felt that it it was the right book at the right time? You know, Reverend, I, I've got to tell you, I had a good feeling about this. I, I had a feeling this was going to strike a chord. And what was interesting is that the first wave of buyers, the early adopters, if you will, were the people who were already very successful people. And these were people who were living their lives and following these principles long before the book ever came out. Because, you know, there's nothing new in the story, in the book, in the story itself. It's we may have given the law certain names and put it in story form, but these are these are principles that have been around for for time since time immemorial. Um, and so we we got great feedback from people, you know, heads of companies and leadership people, and uh, you know, well, this is what I've been doing, and this is what I've been trying to tell people, and so forth. And then uh, it turned out that they were giving the book out a lot to people, and so the second wave really of uh, 
of um, readers were the people who would, you know, write and say, oh, you know, I mean, because this is in the economic downturn as well, and talking about how their business had been really faltering and that they tried to pull back and, and you know, uh, they were uh, operating out of a lack mentality, if you will, and they, they read the book and they got the main message that you've got to really even more so place your focus on the other person place your focus on bringing value to others and that it doesn't have to be expensive to do that but you need to to be communicating value and your desire to add value to others and their businesses turned around and and those were the and and that's when i i kind of really knew you know we had something here that's really beautiful well when we come back after break we're going to ask bob to share some of these valuable laws with us um And I want to thank all of you for listening to our show and being such great, committed, giving uh, audience members, meaning that you share these messages with people all over the world. And we're very, very grateful. We'll be right back after this short break. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. 
If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. If you're just coming on, I'm talking to Bob Berg successful author not only is he the successful author of the go-giver but he has many books uh adversaries and allies um he has several ones listed on his website berg.com he also is a phenomenal speaker and speaks all over the world Uh, bob when we were talking about the laws of the go-giver uh tell us what uh some of that what some of those are Sure. The laws themselves are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. And they work very holistically. They they build upon one another, um, and yet they really need to be utilized, all of them, because if you take just one out of the equation, uh, it would make it very difficult <laughs> to, uh, you know, to really succeed to the, to the, to the level that one would, uh, would want. And it, it, it begins with, I guess, the foundational law or foundational principle, which is the law of value. And, you know, while these are, are, are in the business context, they really like any universal law, which of course you know you, you teach this. So I'm just I'm saying something, of course, that everyone listening to you already already knows. But uh, that any universal law works uh, within all the the uh, the different aspects of success. Whether we're talking about financial, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, social, relational, what have you. Uh, even though in the book it really is a it, it's geared uh, in a sense toward business. So the law of value says that your true worth is determined by how much more you. You give in value than you take in payment. Now, when you first hear that, it's a it's a bit counterintuitive sounding because it, it sounds a little bit like, wow, yeah, you're not going to make a profit that way. Give more in value than I take in payment. Sounds like a recipe for bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And so, we we simply need to understand the difference between price and value. Uh, price is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's it's finite. It, it is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of something, of a thing, to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, uh, idea that brings with it so much, so much worth or value that someone will uh, be willing to, again, in the business sense, exchange their money for it and be glad they did while you make a very healthy profit yourself. And in the story, we uh, we use the example of Ernesto Irfrate's Italian Cafe. And it's a it's a high end restaurant in a swanky part of the of the city. And when you eat there, you know it's it's not in a, it's not inexpensive. <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna pay. And but what do you what value do you really receive uh, for doing that? Well, from the moment you walk in, you walk into the restaurant, the way you're greeted by Sal, and the way you're escorted over to your seat, you're just made to feel like a million bucks. The uh, atmosphere is fantastic, and the the wait staff works as a team, and they they pay great attention to you. But they also have that way of no 
knowing when to leave you alone so you can enjoy the meal. Uh, the food itself is just out of this world, and, and even when you leave, the way you're escorted out, and they hold the door open, and they just make you feel so good. So, hey, you may have paid $150, $200 for the dinner, but you came out of it feeling like, wow, you received thousands and thousands of dollars worth of value in the experience itself. Uh, so you received more in value than what you paid. And, of course, uh, Iafrate, the owner of the restaurant, his food costs him less than what he charges for it. His uh, expenses in keeping the doors open, his staff and everything costs less than, than what he charges. So he makes a very healthy profit as well. Uh, in fact, the, the neat thing about any free market-based exchange where you know both parties only do business with each other because they choose to is that both parties come away better off after the transaction than they were before the transaction. And, um, you know, this is also why we say, because, you know, the, the whole point with, with whether it's the restaurant or whether someone's an accountant or whether they're a banker or a dentist or a, a realtor or a financial advisor is you've got to focus not on the money, you focus on the other person. You focus on making their life better. You focus on providing value to them. And this is why we say that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which means nothing more than that the value must come first, and the money you receive is simply a very natural and direct result of the value you've provided. I love that, and I love the way you put that in, in perspective. Ultimately, at the end of the exchange, no one is really thinking about how much money anything was. They're just thinking about the evidence of that it was a great experience. Uh, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How do they feel? And that's, yeah, you're, you're absolutely correct. And, uh, you know, and this goes back to, to when someone understands that, uh, you know, that the more we can focus on that other person. You know, let, let's put it this way. We, we look at, at something like sales, and sometimes, you know, we hear the term sales, and it has a, a negative connotation to it. And I think that's because most people think of sales as something you do to someone rather than for someone or, or with someone. But mm-hmm. let's reframe that. Uh, let's look at selling as nothing more than discovering what the other person wants, needs, desires, and helping them to get it. And when you do that, you're doing something very righteous and you're doing something very helpful as a result. And the only way you can really discover truly what this other person needs, wants, and desires is by asking questions and focusing on them, giving 100% laser attention on them in order to to hear from them what it is they want. And what do you feel, Bob, is, is one of the, the reasons or, or the issues with value that artists and speakers and coaches and mentors um, seem to have by nature almost an apologetic way mm-hmm. of asking for compensation. I'm, I'm sure you've looked at that from many different angles through the years. And do you have any recommendations for the people out there that are listening? I mean, it's almost like people apologize like well 
whatever you have left, you know, I'll be happy to take it. I get the value of bringing, you know, the greatness to the experience. But even people that do, they still aren't necessarily comfortable with that compensation piece. Oh, you're you're so right. What is what is one of the most famous terms in the world? The starving artist. Mm-hmm. Have we ever checked our premises with that and asked why? Why should an artist be starving? They're offering fantastic, and I don't mean you know making money four hundred years after they're dead. Right. I mean, why <laughs> is an artist who is providing such exquisite, wonderful value, whether this artist is a painter or a musician or a massage therapist or you know whatever they happen to be, um, why are they? starving if they're providing so much exceptional value to others. And, you know, one of my good friends is Randy Gage, who is is one of the foremost authorities in terms of prosperity and abundance thinking. And I know he was very involved in unity for probably 20 years. And, uh, and uh, he is one of the best communicators of this message. In fact, I, I suggest to people to, you know, subscribe to his prosperity butts called the Prosper- Randy Gage's prosperity uh, blog at uh, randygage.com slash blog. He also has a a YouTube uh, channel, Prosperity TV. And I really believe that the world has given us messages of lack, Uh, and they do it constantly, they do it consistently. Uh, Often people hear it as a comment. It fills the belief system of most people on an unconscious level, Uh, going back maybe from upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, uh, movies, popular culture. You know, we hear so much about the, uh, you know, the CEO who does people wrong or the wealthy person who got there by stepping on the backs of others and all these horrible, and hey, you know, it's a big world and bad things happen and there are people out there who, you know, but by and large, the only way, you know, most of us and, and the people who you see who've, who've earned a lot of money, they did it through providing value to others. Because again, if no one's forced to buy from you, then the only way you can do it is by creating value for others, solving other people's problems. So, uh, you know, and, and we talk about this in the law of receptivity, that this artist uh, who absolutely should not be starving, they've got to come to grips with the exceptional value they provide. Because if you don't truly believe you're providing fantastic value to others, you're not going to allow yourself to receive. But when you do, as my good friend uh, Ramey Wells calls it, walking when you walk in your value, <laughs> when you know you're bringing exceptional value to others, now you can receive with joy, you can receive with gratitude, you can receive with the feeling that, hey, you know, this is fantastic. I've earned this as a result of what I've brought to others. Well, I love that you, you know, advise people to also follow Randy because he is an excellent prosperity teacher, Randy oh, Gage, yeah. and just a, a mover and shaker, <laughs> just a, a, a phenomenal force, you know, he's just yeah. really an awesome human being. Um, when it comes to self-esteem and those types of things, um, I'm sure you've received some stories of people that because they have read 
uh, the parable of go-giver, that they've had some aha moments. Tell us about two or three things in which the book has significantly changed someone's life. Um, well, you know, one person I mentioned, Amy Wells, and, and I have permission to share this because she shares it as part of uh, as part of her speaking now. Uh, she actually first uh, read the book and, and heard me speak at a uh, program I did in San Antonio. She at the time had a bridal salon, and it, it, as she tells it, you know, the bridal industry, uh, or you know, in, in the salon, I guess they sold wedding dresses, and she says it's really very much a um, a discount type of uh, uh, type of situation where where really the people in the business have trained their customers to come in, and the first thing they ask is, "What kind of discount can you give me?" And uh, you know what? After after hearing me talk about the difference between price and value, and how you should be if you're really focused on providing exceptional value in ways that others don't, you really should be charging more. You should be allowing your abundance to to happen. You've earned it. And she decided at that point she was going to um, charge full price. She was going to from now on sell the the wedding dresses at retail. And in order to do that, she needed to really, she and her team, because they were very reluctant to do this, it was very outside their comfort zone, as you can imagine, um, they had to really get together on what it is they really offer uh that that brings that 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 makes that additional price worthwhile. And the fact is, they did a fantastic job with people. They brought lots of value to the table, and but they needed to really understand it themselves. Uh, she also did something very wise in that she she reached out to her loyal clients uh, and asked, "What is it about us that makes the experience with us worthwhile? That makes it so you refer us? That makes it so you came to us as opposed to going somewhere else?" And so she was really. Uh, equipped with all that information so so they could better explain the value. And Amy tells the story of uh, the first time a, a customer came in after after she'd made that decision, and her team member went out and came back very, very upset, actually, and the woman wanted to, to talk to Amy, and she was angry that this was the bride's mom because the brides would come in with their mom and, and, and ask about the discount. So Amy went over and the, the mom said, Amy, I'm very disappointed with you. I expected more from you than this. And and Amy said, well, I, I understand that. She said, you expected more from me than this and more from me than this you're going to receive. And and you got to realize about Amy because I've gotten to be good friends with her now. Um, and uh, but she is just the sweetest, nicest, kindest person. So I can I can just picture the conversation. And she said uh, the first thing she said is, you know, I'm going to give you 19 years of my experience in this business. Uh, I'm going to give you, and, and she mentioned a few of the benefits that Amy's able to bring that others in the industry really couldn't, and that that is of value to, to her customers. And then she looked at the bride and kind of primped the bride a little bit, looked back at the mom and said, and mainly I'm going to give you uh, the perfect dress for the perfect day that your daughter has been dreaming about her entire life. And, wow. you know, the, I know, and, and <laughs> so... That the you know the mom and the daughter uh, left to decide what they're going to do. The, the, she gets a call the next day from the daughter, who's very excited, and says, "Amy, Amy, my my mother said that not only are we going to buy the dress from you, but instead of giving you the fifty percent deposit you asked for, I'm to write you out a check in full." 
<laughs> and, and and so you know if we if we take it there and we ask the question you know why why is it that this mom who was concerned about you know a discount all of us well because really when it, when push comes to shove uh, the mom is not concerned about the discount as much as she's concerned with her daughter being taken care of by someone who cares, by someone who has the confidence and, and values themselves enough to know that they can do a great job. She wanted to know her daughter was in the best hands possible, and, and that's what Amy communicated. Now, the interesting thing is Amy gets a call about two weeks later from a, a young, excited bride-to-be uh, who says, Amy, um, I, I'm getting married. I want to come and talk to you about a, a dress. And he said, oh, sure. How did you hear about it? She said, oh, my, my aunt said you're the only one I can I can buy a dress from. Well, who was that aunt? It was the, the mom from a couple of weeks earlier. <laughs> so you know, not only had Amy turned a, an adversary into an ally, she turned this ally into what we call a personal walking ambassador. Uh, and... You know, when when I first heard about this from Amy, it was actually six months later, and she'd sent me a, a whole email about this. And by the time she'd been six months into this, her store, uh, not volume, but the, the net um, income in that store had grown by $10,000 per month. Wow. And it continued over the next couple of years before she sold out. And and uh, she was on an all-referral business with people who, you know, when they were referred to her, they knew not to even ask for the discount because that wasn't going to happen. But they were going – but the value and the experience itself was going to be well worth it. And Amy now actually is one of my certified go-giver speakers. So she's taking her message of, again, what she calls walking in her value – and is sharing that with others. So that, that's got to be one of my favorite stories. Oh, and I, I totally see why. And uh, so powerful of just uh, someone that made that shift. And, and you're right. I mean, a lot of things that you're saying, I mean, they're so commonsensical. Um, I don't think sensical is, is that a word? But anyway, it works today. I like it. <laughs> but they're just, it's good common sense. But yet, you know, what is it with us that... Sometimes we don't want to take even the hour to set aside and really assess because what you talked about was a process that Amy was willing to go through mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to really look at, you know, who am I and what value am I bringing, uh, what compensation value am I bringing, you know, an hour to seven hours or whatever, just a window of time that would give everybody uh, such a, a better uh result-oriented uh, experience with other people mm-hmm. than just not taking the time to do so. You know, because what we do is we kind of allow other people's responses to guide us, don't we? Unless yeah. we're really grounded and solid. Because there's many people that would have walked up to Amy's mother and had that conversation. And, you know, she said, do you give a, a discount? And they would go, um, sorry, no, I don't work on discount. And just shut, uh, they would shut the conversation off. Right right there and totally lose that customer mm-hmm. you know rather than well let me paint you a bigger picture than that. exactly yes oh beautifully said yes mm, let me create a much bigger picture from that and that is just so so powerful and in such a great teaching and a reminder for all of us is to not respond by reacting to 
what's being given to us. But again, what you're saying is let's shift that whole feeling. Uh, even though it might feel like it's in this, in the essence of being rejected, I guess true authenticity, which is another law that you talk about, is about, it doesn't really matter. In other words, you will still continue to give of yourself, mm-hmm. even though you may have felt some initial rejection by customer or person or yeah. family member. Because when you start making the adjustment, it, it's two people coming from a lower level, right? I mean, I'm just kind of yeah, you know, no, assimilating all that, but so you you continue to just still look for well i know i have value to give you mhm mhm you know it's really it's as wallace waddle said back in i think 1910 in his his great book uh the science of getting rich he said you know it's a matter of living on the creative plane rather than the competitive plane mm-hmm. it's just living on a different level where you're looking for ways to to raise it to a higher level and the creative plane we can create you know all all it really is about when you think about it is creating value um, and that's that's the essence of prosperity value plus value equals value times three you know <laughs> right right <laughs> i I was reading um on Sunday the part from Velveteen Rabbit about being real. <laughs> And I love that that writing um, because you know real is is just about becoming and and it actually it, it has a question in there that says um, to to the bunny he says well if you're real are you going to get hurt and the horse says well of course you are. <laughs> you know, of of course you are. It it's it's part of this life experience. Are you going to get rejected from time to time? Well, of course you are. But your energy, you take it entirely different, don't you? I mean, that's yeah. what the go giver is teaching us. You don't even respond to it or live in it as if it is rejection. I I, I love that. It reminds me of of another book written by a couple of friends of mine, uh, Andrea Waltz and Richard Fenton. The uh, the name of the book is actually called Go for No, and their premise is that yes is the destination, but no is how you get there. And, you know, the the road to yes is, is paved with no's. And I think a lot of times what discourages people is not that they're getting told no, it's that they think they're the only one who's getting told no. Right. When, right. What they don't realize is everyone gets told no. <laughs> the people who just get to where to yes are the ones who get past more no's. And I, I thought Andrea and Richard just, just, uh, it's a little parable, you know, it's a little uh, business parable, and I thought they just, they just brought that out, uh, uh, so beautifully in the book. I wish I had read it, uh, 30 years ago. I wish they had written it 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you, when you speak about authenticity, um, what are, are some of the, energies around that 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 you feel when you when you say that i mean i've had uh true conversations with people about being authentic and mm-hmm. there's such a wide range of how people hear that right right uh i i could not agree with you more uh, it, it's it's almost become one of those words now that is so used and overused 
it's almost lost its authenticity. <laughs> and so, That's a great way. I'm gonna have to write that one down. Excuse me. I know. And uh, <laughs> you know, in the in the the in the story, we say that the the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And the character who was the mentor in that part of the story, her name was Deborah Davenport, and she she really shared a great lesson that she was fortunate uh, to learn in her her career, and that is. All the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, uh, even those all-important people skills, as important as they are, and, and absolutely, indeed, they are all very, very important, they're all for naught if you don't come at it from your true, authentic core, which really, in a sense, means nothing more than that you're showing up as yourself day after day, week after week, month after month. And I think we show up as ourselves when we truly understand our our value. Uh, you know, it kind of goes back to that. And I believe as human beings, we all have two types of, of value. One is what I call intrinsic value. That just means, you know, we're here. By the very nature that we are here, uh, we bring value with us to the table. But we also have what I call market value. Now, I don't mean that just in the financial sense, but although it certainly includes that. But when I say market value, what I mean is that combination of strengths, traits, talents, characteristics that allow us to add value to others, what we can call the marketplace, but to others in such a way that that we create the environment for us to be able to receive because people respond in a positive way to that value. It, it means we, you know, I, Gandhi is credited with what I thought was a, a wonderful saying when he talked about integrity as being when everything you think and everything you feel and everything you say and everything you do are in alignment. And, and I think that's such a great way to see authenticity. It's when you really are you. Now, here's a mistake I think, Reverend, that a lot of people make with authenticity, uh, and this is just maybe my opinion. They think that being authentic means, you know, that, that you've got to be, you know, brutal when you speak with people. You can't be kind or tactful because that's not authentic. Uh, and I would, to that, say malarkey. <laughs> uh, you know, people often say they say they take pride in being brutally honest. Well, I like honest. I think that's great. And of course, Don Miguel Ruiz talks about right being about honesty and its importance. But people who who kind of take pride in being brutally honest, I find are much more interested in being brutal than they are in being honest. Mm, that's to a very me, very strong point you're making there, Bob. Absolutely, yes. Oh, thank you. Um, I mean, we can be honest, and, and we can be kind and tactful and care about the feelings of others when we do it. Uh, or the person who says, well, authentic, uh, you know, if, if I've got anger problems. If I was to talk any other way, to, you know, I yell at people a lot. If I was to act any other way, that wouldn't be authentic. Again, malarkey. It simply means that person has an authentic problem that they need to authentically work on in order to become a, a more effective, authentic version of themselves. So I think authenticity means, yes, we are who we are, and we continue to learn and grow and improve ourselves. I love it. 
That is well put. Thank you for that. That was really, really powerful. Well, as you can see uh, and hear, um, there is so much to Bob Berg and all that he does. I want to encourage you to go to his website, Berg, B-U-R-G dot com. You can also go to gogiver.com. But I want you to uh, see all of the books that Bob has, Adversaries into Allies, which I mentioned before. It's not about you. Now, that, I'm sure, is a... (laughs) You must sell a lot of those, Bob. The other one is Endless Referrals. It's in its third edition. Go Givers Sell More. And then, of course, we have the Go Giver. Total of his books is... A million copies. Congratulations on that for sure, Bob. Oh, thank you. you know? Thank you so much. Absolutely. But I wanted to also mention that uh, Bob has a certified speaker program. And so if you are a person that you have a desire to speak, but you're not really sure, you know, how to package it, what you'd like to represent, what you'd like to talk about, well... This is the kind of information, the kind of stories, the kind of parables that you want out in the world. So go to Bob's website, Berg.com, and look him up and uh, reply to the information so that his organization can get in touch with you. Bob, you are just an incredible human being, and I and I knew an hour would go by like just a... Uh, just a small window of time but it's been a privilege and pleasure being with you that's for sure oh absolutely likewise you're such a joy oh thank you well for those of you that are enjoying these types of conversations um please come to my website templehays.com or also you can visit us at firstunity.org share this mp3 of bob's great talk today on value and compensation how timely for all of us that we recharge our batteries going into the new year and get excited about what is possible for us again bob thank you again for being with us on our show oh thank you Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Ever notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Haven't we all stood on the bank of a quiet pond and tossed a stone into the water? 
Haven't we seen the ripples move outward from the place where the stone entered the water until the whole surface of the pond danced with the movement of energy? Before long, we could no longer clearly see the point where the stone entered the water. My inner environment of thoughts and feelings behaves much like a pond. When I introduce a thought of peace into my mind and heart, that single thought creates a ripple effect that really does change the world. From its beginning point within me, peace ripples out to fill my inner world and continues to move out into the world around me. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. Culture is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as modern popular culture transmitted via mass media and aimed particularly at younger people. But can it be meaningful, spiritual even? The hosts of Pop Conscious think it can be and that it can be fun to explore too. Malena Don and Stacy Macris Ross will be your amateur cultural anthropologists examining pop culture and spirituality every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on Pop Conscious on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Pop culture is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as modern popular culture transmitted via mass media and aimed particularly at younger people. But can it be meaningful, spiritual even? The hosts of Pop Conscious think it can be and that it can be fun to explore too. Malena Don and Stacy Macris Ross will be your amateur cultural anthropologists examining pop culture and spirituality every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on Pop Conscious on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio, the teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, For Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. 
just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.